Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show. I believe we're on 36 different plot podcast platforms now, so just search us. You'll get us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Just have it downloaded. 41 degrees and cloudy here at 409. On this Thursday, February 1st, 2024, the Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, I was reading the blogs, reading the stories like I do as always, and checking in with hotair.com, and I saw a story this morning on how Fannie Willis won't recuse herself, and it's always a pleasure to bring on my good friend, managing editor of Hot Air, Ed Morrissey. Ed, thanks for joining us. Good to see you, my friend. Good to talk with you, Rob. Thanks for having me on. No, always, always. Uh, so tell us about the story from this morning. I mean, we, it kind of started off as this... Uh, this relationship she had and now it turns into this more of a whistleblower and firing people and covering up the miss or not covering up or maybe not not addressing the misuse of grant funny funds and you know now she's refusing to recuse herself saying you know not my problems yeah i mean there's there's just a whole th- a whole cascade of things going on here some of which is related some of which is not the whistleblower uh, issue just erupted this week and it's not really related to the RICO case at all. This is a completely different issue in Penny Willis's um, office at, as Fulton County uh, District Attorney. She was warned by one of her subordinates that another of her subordinates was going to violate the terms of a, of a grant by spending the money on swag and other things. And rather than deal with the um, inappropriate use of the funds, Penny Willis ended up firing the whistleblower and claiming that her performance was substandard. So she's suing, the whistleblower is suing, and so that's going to be an issue that's going to be sort of front and center for Fulton County uh, down the road, probably not right away, but it's it's percolating now. And then you have this whole thing with the RICO case where she hired an attorney to prosecute the, uh, the RICO case against uh, former President Donald Trump et al., and it turns out that she was in a personal relationship with this person. She spent over $650,000 on his legal fees, some of which was used to pay for uh, personal trips that she took, she herself took. And um, Ashley Merchant, who is the attorney for one of the defendants, um, a gentleman named Michael Roman, filed the disqualification motion. So for, just in case anybody in the audience isn't, um, isn't up to date on this, that disqualification motion is going to be heard in a hearing on February 15th, and they have already produced bank records and other receipts showing that Nathan Wade, her, apparently her boyfriend, uh, spent thousands of dollars on luxury cruise and airline tickets for Fannie Willis, uh, Fannie Willis along with himself. Uh, and this was shortly after he got a divorce. This started shortly after he filed for a divorce. The divorce isn't final yet. It's been going on for over two years. They settled the divorce case, or at least they reached a temporary settlement in the divorce case this week, right before both he and Willis were going to have to testify in the divorce trial. Like at the last minute, they came up with a settlement to avoid that testimony. But they're both subpoenaed to testify in this February 15th hearing. So it's really just putting off the inevitable. And the timing there, if I understand this correctly, is he filed for divorce right after getting this contract with Fannie Willis for this case. Like the day after. Yeah. It's either the day before or the day after. 
Uh, the timing is very unusual. And what was also unusual is that Nathan Wade was didn't apparently share the uh, information that he had been hired to do this job and that he was making this money. And she found out apparently some some other way and had been forcing him to try to uh, trying to take him to court to force him to reveal this in discovery, how much money he was being paid, because they were still married, and it was still, uh, you know, community property to some extent. And he ended up um, being slapped with a contempt charge because he didn't uh, cooperate with discovery. He only started cooperating with discovery on this point in, I think, December of last year, which is when the receipts came out that had his and Fannie Willis's name on things like, you know, the cruise and the airline tickets. Um, and so shortly after that, they went from Mrs. Wade to Michael Roman's defense, and that's where uh, that's when the uh, disqualification motion got filed. Now, with the hiring of this attorney, her, her someone she's allegedly having this relationship with, uh, Nathan Wade, uh, his specialty is not in what he was hired to do. He, he's a personal injury lawyer. He's he's doesn't he's never had a case like this before, and it's probably, I mean, it's it's got to be one of the largest cases in the DA's history in Georgia. It, it is, and it's a it's a complicated case because RICO cases are always somewhat complicated, right? Uh, this is a even more complicated RICO case because there's no organization, there's no payoff benefit. Most RICO cases revolve around some sort of financial benefit, and there isn't any in this particular case. And so that's already novel in and of itself. But he's never handled a RICO case. He's never actually prosecuted a felony that anybody's ever been able to dig up. He did some municipal um, prosecutions, which, you know, for, for minor misdemeanors. But for the most part, he's been either a municipal judge or he's been a um, personal injury attorney. Apparently a pretty good one and, and well-regarded. But he's never done anything like this before. And there are attorneys in Georgia that handle RICO cases. In fact, uh, Fannie Willis had to hire a couple of them as consultants after hiring Nathan Wade to uh, run the prosecution. And the question is, is, why would you hire somebody who has absolutely no experience in this for the largest, you know, one of the largest, most high-profile uh, prosecutions, that, not just in Georgia, but in the entire country uh, over the last couple of years? And nobody has been able to come up with an answer for that except apparently, that Nathan Wade was her boyfriend, and uh, the, the money that she's paying him in legal fees is something that she's gotten some direct benefit from. That's And that's the question that's going to come up in the Georgia court when Judge Scott McAfee holds this hearing on February 15th. Yeah, and it, this was one of uh, the co-defendants that originally brought this to air in, in the Trump case, the, this case. Has the Trump attorneys and the other co-defendants in this case, I know a lot of them have already pled or taken agreements or whatever, have, have they gotten involved with this as well to make it an issue with their personal cases? Uh, well, I think they've, they've all taken an interest in this, right? I mean, th I think um, Trump himself, his legal team filed um, like a amicus brief or, or filed to join the motion for disqualification. They want. They also want to see the entire indictment dismissed. Uh, I don't know that, that that a judge is going to do that necessarily, or at least if they do, it's not, it's not going to be dis to dismiss it with prejudice. With prejudice means it can't be refiled. Without prejudice means it can be refiled. But the problem here is this, is that Willis is really going out on a limb in trying to argue a bunch of different things in terms of um, creating a, a, you know, to, to demonstrate a racket, right, an organized attempt to violate the law. 
for some particular benefit. And she's using a lot of things like uh, just regular political arguments as, you know, in these uh, – in this indictment showing all the, I think there's 122 instances of, you know, demonstrable uh, RICO-related actions, most of which are like people speaking to news people. Um, I mean, it's unusual. I don't think there's a prosecutor in Georgia who would willingly pick this back up. And I think that's what the the real issue here is, is that if she is forced to recuse um, or if she just recuses on her own, um, I don't think there's another jurisdiction in Georgia that will pick up the RICO case. They might pick up some of the, you know, discrete, specific um, crimes in the indictment, um, and there are a few of those. But I don't think the RICO case is going to is going to last once she refuses. Yeah, and, and to get back to this, this what just broke this week is this whistleblower from her office that came forward with the, the misuse of grant money. This just wasn't an employee in her office. This was, I, I, from what the interview I heard from the recording of this woman and Fannie Willis, because there is a recording on, on it, she's the one who wrote the grant who brought this concerns to Fannie Willis. Yes, that's right. You're right about that, Rob. Yes, she was. And, and so, yeah, she was very concerned about how this was going to reflect on Fannie Willis. And if you listen to the, I mean, she's almost in tears trying to explain this to Fannie Willis in this conversation. And the reward for bringing this up and trying to protect Fannie Willis is that she got fired and labeled as some sort of a malcontent. And and that's the reason why she's filing her lawsuit. I think even more troubling, though, than that was an earlier incident with Fannie Willis where she was going after another uh, political opponent, Um and I can't remember the name of the gentleman that she went after, but it was basically somebody that she had fundraised against during her campaign to get elected as DA. And the judge ended up throwing um, throwing her off of that case. I think they, the judge threw that case out entirely um, because he said this is sort of a gross conflict of interest. If you were going to pursue this, you never should have, you never should have campaigned against this other uh, official. And so it's not the first time uh, that she has had to um, be brought up on conflict of interest charges that had to do with politics. Yeah, and the fact that this is going on while this this relationship and the, the, the case against the tr- Trump and his co-defendants goes on, this just opens the door for any defense attorney that, that goes before her court, if she's still involved, to, to talk about the dysfunction in her office, the corruption in her office, the cover-ups in her office, how she managed, mismanaged her office. It, it opens all that up to, to any jury to sit there and say, how can you take any word from this office at, on face value when all these things are going on, where all this reasonable doubt is there? That's certainly one issue, but I think the bigger issue here is why was she paying Nathan Wade so much money? Apparently, the billing is out of control on this case. Um, I think it's Michael Roman's attorneys are alleging, as part of the disqualification, that he actually billed for 24 hours, you know, in a in a you know in a single block, like he was working on the case for 24 straight hours on a particular day. He billed all 24 hours, and they're flagging that, saying that that can't possibly be yeah. true. Um, and so what they're saying is basically, and I think what they're implying, I don't, know if they're, I don't know if their motion directly says this, but what they're implying is that Willis crafted this very novel RICO case so that she could um, hire Nathan Wade on and basically um, redirect public funds for her own personal benefit and for the personal benefit of her boyfriend. And uh, that is one of the things that Scott McAfee is going to have to consider 
when he holds this hearing on February 15th. Now, she's supposed to submit a formal response to this disqualification motion by tomorrow. I don't know if she's already filed it. I don't think it's already been filed. But tomorrow is a, a good day to take a look and see if she's actually going to recuse herself or if she's going to stay with the case because she has to submit that, and it's, you know, uh, implicitly under oath when she does. So if she misrepresents anything, she's not just running in, uh, into potential issues about her ability to practice law in the state of Georgia, but potentially crossing the line into either civil or criminal perjury, too. So it's worth watching. Yeah, and there's also, probably, like you just brought up, the ethics complaints and, and maybe even corruption complaints here with as far as you know what actually happened here. And if people want to follow you or follow Hot Air, how, how can they do that? Well, the easiest way is just to go to hotair.com. Thank you, Rob, for asking. I'm on Twitter, um, at Ed Morrissey. I refuse to call it X. So is Twitter. Uh, <laughs> at Ed Morrissey. Two R's, two S's. But com is the best place to go. Just go right to the website. Sounds great. Are you going to be at CPAC this year, my friend? I don't. I will not be at CPAC this year. Um, I think we're going to have the um, local town hall contingent there, though. All right. And uh, look forward to seeing everything that's going to happen there. Sounds great. I'll talk to you soon again, my friend. Hopefully when uh, this information comes out Friday, I'll reach out to you early next week. Sounds great, sir. Thank you. Take care, Ed. Thanks for joining us.